0: hello good morning one church my name is Erin, and i serve as the director of discipleship here at one church and i am overjoyed to welcome you to our first sunday in the advent season where we will be continuing to talk about joy If you'd like to listen to any of our past sermons on joy, you can always find the sermons in podcast form on our website at www.becomingone.church or the podcast live, all the usual places that podcasts live. We'd like to give a shout out to Mike Chorus for making those podcasts happen week after week. Before we dig into our sermon, I'd like to take a moment, as I always do, to express my deep thanks to all those who've logged in to join us this morning. Maybe especially this Sunday after tryptophan naps all weekend. It takes physical, emotional, and social effort to log in and interact with us. Thank you sincerely for your presence today. If you're able, please feel free to jump into the chat now and throughout the sermon and let us know that you are here. I don't know about you all, but I totally miss the interrupting interjections that are usual at our church. And while the chat isn't exactly the same, it still makes me feel a bit connected, even if it's different. In the spirit of this new and different connection, Let us pray together. God of Christmas, you are our beloved and we are yours, of this we rest assured. So where have you gone? We are faint with love and seek your beauty in the darkness. Are you near or far? We open ourselves up to you and are brokenhearted by your unexpected departures. Grasp us and clutch tightly, we are faint with love. You are our beloved and we are yours. Of this we are assured, amen. While I was preparing for this sermon, I learned that someone very near to us celebrated a first birthday this month and maybe you also saw the invitation. Yes, happy first birthday to COVID-19. Now, when I first saw the announcement post on Facebook, I immediately screenshotted it and sent it to my friends because this COVID season has really warped my perception of time. I asked myself and my friends, has it really been a year? And simultaneously, the days and months during quarantine have seemed to stretch on and on and on and on. And I therefore immediately asked a follow-up question, has it only been a year? I found it comforting, and maybe you will too, that my friends' perceptions of time seemed similarly askew. I wasn't alone in feeling unsettled. I found that reading our scriptures can similarly mess with our perceptions of time. Flipping the page from the Hebrew Bible to the Gospels takes just a second, maybe a minute if you're using a Bible app and your connection is slow. And once the page is flipped, the story of God and of humanity continues being told as if no time has passed at all. But really, 400 years goes on between Matthew and Malachi. In Protestant traditions, this is often referred to as the 400 years of silence, but I find this title misleading. It leads me to assume that God shut up and shut away from his chosen people, never to be heard from or encountered. But we can learn from Our Jewish, Catholic, and Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters, that God, even though there wasn't any writing that we would later describe as canon for the Protestant Bible, God was still very much at work in the world during those 400 years, performing miracles for the chosen people. During the 400 years of COVID, we've experienced some hardship but we've also experienced that, which reminds us that God is still very much at work in the world. An old drug helps COVID patients breathe. A new drug calms COVID patients' inflammation. 50 family Thanksgiving dinners are delivered throughout Louisville with the Hope Bus. Communities come together to remember a leader in candlelight, but still, We long for a vaccine and an end to quarantine. We long for police reform and sweeping racial justice. Even with miracles, still we wait and watch for a God who seems simultaneously near and far away. This watching for and waiting on God is part of not only our Protestant Christian tradition, but of what it means to be human. Our prayer this morning was based on the Song of Songs in the Hebrew Bible, where Beloved looks for and cannot find the God she yearns for desperately, who continues to evade her and seems to disappear. Similarly, in the Holy Word, in Hindu traditions, we can read poetry which plants us in the perspective of a lover who struggles as her God comes and goes. In truth, there was and will continue to be times in our lives when the darkness seems to continue on and on, and our beloved, our God, seems to come and go so unpredictably that we find ourselves faint and wonder if God is ever really sticking around to stay. In our Christian tradition, we focus on, embody, and rehearse this longing every December during the period that we call Advent. We orient our minds and our bodies and our communities to this yearning for God when God seems elusive or unresponsive. This yearning makes us human. This Advent season, as one church, we're going to be particularly employing the words of the prophet Isaiah, who I played in this morning's earlier skit, to activate within us this longing for fulfillment of what is spoken for Christ. Together with Isaiah and the whole cloud of witnesses before us, we will watch for Jesus who gives us hope, peace, joy, and love. So I invite you, if you have become distracted or find your mind wandering, come back to us now. Close your eyes. Slow your breath. Focus your heart and mind, and hear these words from Isaiah 9, 1 through 7. Nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. There will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, but in the future he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged their nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The, ye- the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Earlier in our service, we used holy imagination, another Christian tradition, to think about what it may have been like for Isaiah to proclaim this message about a child messiah, a rescuer who is born and grows like us before establishing his reign. But before we even get to the child, Isaiah outlines for his hearers what this son, this Prince of Peace, will change. And it's bloodier, harsher, and maybe more difficult to imagine than placid pictures of a baby Cooing in a manger. Isaiah is speaking directly to a people whose consistent experience is deep suffering. And according to Isaiah, the light and joy that is promised is not a kind of inner light or inner joy that individuals carry in the midst of isolated darkness, but instead, the promises of the Messiah are a much more communal, much more political, and much more concerned with the physical bodies of the oppressed. Reading Isaiah's words from our Christian tradition, holding that prophecy with Christ in view, we can still carry a longing for the Prince of Peace to be near. We can believe in Christ and still hope for the true physical freedom for the oppressed. During Advent, especially, we can participate in this long-standing tradition of hopeful longing, which does not end with Christ, but to the freedom which Christ's birth, life, death, and resurrection continues to point us towards, towards the kingdom of God. Certainly, let us have great joy in the knowledge of Christ's coming, but let us continue to long for the justice and righteousness that was promised. With the nearness of Christ in the manger, of Christ in Christmas, simply fill us with expectant hope for the next time God seems to disappear. And let's be honest, as we move from celebrating awkward Zoom Thanksgivings to toned-down Christmas as cases continue to escalate in the 400 years of COVID-19. God sometimes feels far away. It may be tempting for church people to shoo away these difficult feelings of isolation with denial, with busy activity, or with fortitude, which comes from individual, self-focused faith. But if we mask these feelings of a socially distanced God, we miss the unique opportunity to practice that which the season of Advent and being human has always been about, a deep longing for God, to show up in ways that are practical, in ways that are liberatory, in ways that feel near In darkness and despair we long for you Jesus We hold expectant hope in your promises You will increase our joy